beyond infinity. Now, Simon, the other thing I want to talk about with Elon Musk is this colourful character. I think he's a, you know, he's a bit like, to me, he's a bit like a Steve Jobs in the sense that he's, he's many things. Uh, he's a scientist. He's a, you know, he's done rocket engineering. He's, he's, he's done building electric cars. He's an expert in, you know, how to, how to build a machine that makes machines, which is the fact, you know, these gigafactories that he's been building. Um, but he's also a very clever salesman and he's got this ability to kind of create you know they, they used to say with Steve Jobs that if you were in the room with him you couldn't help but just agreeing with what was being said there was so much passion and kind of force and belief emanating from Steve Jobs that he just swept everyone up you know you kind of got just whether it was what he was saying was real or not you got swept up into that and you kind of accepted it was only when you kind of removed yourself from that bubble around him that you could see that oh hang on but that may not be right and i think that i think that um elon musk is a similar kind of guy he's very persuasive he's got this huge following of people who are very fanatical i mean this boca chica facility he's got where he's making his rockets four years ago there was nothing there now there's this huge facility where they're churning out rockets they're building these enormous towers and for the for the starship which is the um what used to be called the bfr the big falcon rocket uh it's the it's the biggest heavy lift uh, you, you know, machine uh, that's been built since the Falcon, uh, since the uh, Saturn V, which was the moon rocket. And this is even more powerful. This has got an even bigger capacity to lift uh, cargo into orbit and beyond. Did he use that to put a car up? No, the- that was that was actually the Falcon Heavy, which is three Falcon 9s. So that, that's nine engines at the bottom of the rocket. So his standard thing for launching his Starlink satellites, for example, which is the space-based internet to the Earth, uh, lots of those satellites up there, very controversial about light pollution. A lot of astronomers up in arms against them because there's just so many of them everywhere. So there's there's nine engines on a, on a Falcon 9. It's the first rocket he developed, the, the one that's his kind of workhorse. And then the Falcon Heavy was three of them strapped together. And that was the one that was that launched the, uh, the, the car, the Tesla Roadster, past Mars and off into space. And then the Starship... It used to be called the BFR, the Big Falcon Rocket, and it's the one that's going to be the, 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 the machine that can take people to the moon and beyond and, and maybe make us an interplanetary species, which is one of his big beliefs that we've got to do. And the place to go, if you're going to go anywhere, I guess, is, is Mars. Venus, in, inhospitable, 500 degrees Celsius on the surface, an atmosphere 100 times as dense as, as that on Earth, and active volcanism, sulfuric acid for rain, all that sort of stuff. Venus is not hospitable at all. Mercury too close to the sun, dangerous place. Mars, high radiation environment, very low uh, atmospheric density, 1% of the Earth's atmosphere, uh, but basically a, a rocky, frozen sort of place. It gets cold at night, down to 100 Celsius, below zero, and you know, usually well below zero during the day even. Occasionally, I think in the equator of warm days, you might get up to 15 degrees Celsius, but occasionally generally it's very, generally it's very cold and dry and it's lost its atmosphere and lost a lot of its the things that may have made it habitable in the past but he wants to go there that's that's the first sort of stop off that's where you learn the skills you know you go to the moon first develop some skills there and then take those skills and and, and set up a colony on mars and it'll be in a bubble won't you or you'll be walking around in a big space uh, space suit or sitting inside a can his big focus is get us off Earth and into space. And uh, there's some great videos. Um, there's a 
there's a, a YouTuber called Everyday Astronaut, and he's become kind of matey with Elon Musk, and he's been allowed access to go through the, the Boca Chica facility in Texas. Needs to be down south. The closer you are to the equator, the better it is for launching satellites. And, and rockets so that's why they, they launch from florida because that has the same advantage and he has used some of the launch pads that nasa has in florida but he also wants he's developed his own um, private rocket range and manufacturing facility in texas mm-hmm. apparently with a lot of um uh, of incentives you know millions and millions if not billions of dollars from governments to get him to do that to make that investment in texas yeah did he totally leave california or? no he's he's got some manufacturing some facilities in California. He's obviously got Tesla facilities there. So he's kind of spread out. But yeah, his big, big facilities, Boca Chica. And, and literally four years ago, there was nothing there. Now there is this amazing facility. And, and for the, the Starship, which is this enormous rocket, you know, it's huge, bigger than a Saturn V. And a Saturn V was something like 36 stories high. This thing is enormous. The way that it's going to land, so one of the big things that he's done is reusable um, spacecraft. That was the big breakthrough. So the, the Falcon 9 could take off, deliver its payload, and then the first stage and the engines at the bottom of it, the expensive part of the rocket could come back down and land safely. And they were landing on barges, and now they land you know, on rocket pads uh, wherever it suits them, where it's most convenient to reuse the, the rocket. And that's, and that's saved a fortune. That's made... So he's very competitive. He gets a lot of business for people who want to launch satellites because he can do it cheaper because he reuses his rockets. Same with the the the, the Falcon Heavy, which which launched the the, the Roadster past Mars. That uh, the, the 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 two side cores of that landed beside, side by side. It looked like it was like, like a, com- a computer generated video, but it wasn't. It was actually real, wow. amazing. And and um, and the same with the the. Uh, the big, big rocket, the Starship, which is yet to fly successfully. And it's going to land, but it, because it's so big, my understanding is it can't land under powered descent to a, a flat uh, ground-based uh, pad. It's actually going to... They've built this giant, ginormous structure, uh, which has got these, what they call them, sort of chopsticks, but basically these grabbers that will, will grab hold of the start the the core stage of the starship as it approaches under power towards its landing site it lands this huge gantry with these grabbing arms on it and it gets caught and that's that's how they grab it that's how they eventually recycle that that starship i'm not describing it very well but it is uh, it, it's, I'll, it's I'll an amazing thing yeah it's an amazing uh, a piece of engineering and it's so high it's huge there's actually a video of uh, the Everyday Astronaut recently posted where they go to the top of this gantry, which has got the arms, which is going to grab the starship when it's coming back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just absolutely enormous. And it's got to be really strong, really engineered. So it's this huge structure you can see right around the whole area from the top of it. They take you up there in, in the... It's, you know, it's got an elevator that they go up in and have a look, different levels. Amazing. Yeah, I, I've been following Elon in terms of why he'd be bothering doing this. And he said it's insurance because there's too many madmen running mm. the, the planet. Mm. And um, yeah, I guess we're not taking care of it. But mm. yeah, you know, one of the other criticisms I see in getting is you could probably solve world hunger if you um, spent that much money on, on world hunger. And then I saw he... I think he tweeted back to the UN, you budgeted out for me on how you're going to stop world hunger and um, I'll send you a check. 
<laughs> did you see um did you ever see that film don't look up uh, on, yeah. on, it was quite a good flick it was about denial about it was, oh, Ameri- yeah, it was kind of a, a denial about it. america's denial about COVID. i think it was really what it was about mm. uh, that was the kind well, of well i subtext. thought it might have been climate change but it was about it was climate change as well yeah but at the very end of that they they um so there's actually there's there's a, a meteor that's head for the, heading for the earth. I won't say anything more. I don't mm. want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're all in denial, and and then at the very end of it, so the earth. I can't actually I can't say that otherwise I do spoil it. But anyway, there's a, there's a funny end where they 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 become an interplanetary species. But it has the, the first casualty is. Uh, is the president of the United States who's escaped in this arc. And maybe that'll be something that Elon Musk does is, you know, with his rich club, you know, the world goes, you know, goes into into uh, into sort of climate uh, over over overload and and um, crazy weather and, and world war and all that sort of stuff. And he takes off in his arc, heads to Mars. And that's what they do. They, they have a little club, you know, as long as you're, you're got a few lazy billion lying around, you can get on board and off you go. Yeah, wow. Maybe we're we're all in a simulation already. Yeah, know, well, he's he's talked thing. about that. He's done a rave about how that we are in a simulation. Yeah, more more likely than not. And um, his Neuralink, um, neural oh, Neuralink, Neuralink. Yeah, yeah. There, I've seen some creepy stuff there too. There was yes. um, an ape playing pong with its brain. Yes. And then I read recently out of the fifty-two apes that have had implants, something like forty have have died since having the implants i'm not sure you might have to verify that one but um yeah that's certainly um a bit bewildering for me to think that people have chips in their brains and Mm. be able to sort of look up the the whole internet without even touching anything well it's i think it's the idea that you have your phone. Your phone is an extension of your brain anyway, but it's in mm. your hand. And the interface, the thing that's connecting it to your brain is your, your thumb and your fingers and how quickly you can type and stuff. So it's a, it's, a, it's a powerful tool, but it's a clumsy way of actually connecting into your brain. So what they're saying is really, it's like, what if you could do the equivalent of what you're doing through your thumb and fingers and, and voice, with voice control, Siri, whatever, with your phone actually directly into your brain so you don't worry about having the thing in your pocket that you've got to you know you can you can just get a heads up display you know from from the chip in your head and go oh i've got a phone call coming hang on a sec simon you know yeah well he was also saying that language is actually problematic and that once you get the Neuralink, you might not have to communicate through language anymore and you just can think send thoughts send mm. thoughts mm. i can just send yeah. you a text message here you go yeah, what do you <laughs> I, think about that so yeah god it's going to be scary when 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 we're reading each other's minds yeah absolutely and you know i think there's a loss of privacy with uh, with things like facebook and twitter imagine what what happens when you uh when you when you've got a chip in your brain and everyone's sharing their thoughts mm. you know or, th- or th- i thought i had the privacy package happening no no you didn't so you, you didn't pay your sub so um your thoughts went public <laughs> <laughs> another one of his little ventures while we're talking about these sort of side i mean even though they're amazing companies that they are sort of side things for side um, hustles for for elon musk bought the boring company doing tunnels under cities like uh, la and stuff for local authorities apparently you know doing pretty well mm. um starlink we've mentioned it's it's a it's a, a way of delivering satellite uh, high-speed internet to the whole planet so you don't get black spots if you're out in the desert in australia you'll have just as good internet coverage as you will if and, you're in one of the cities and you put a few over the ukraine recently that's right you said mm. yeah so that they so because the 
um, you know, because they've had their infrastructure damaged and stuff. The internet's very important to, uh, well, for one thing, to tell the world about what's going on there, you know, mm. from the ground. And uh, didn't you say that he was threatened by uh, a Russian general or something for, yeah, for doing that, for helping the Ukrainians in that way? Yep, yep. So he, he's got a death threat on him um, mm. from the, what is it, the KGB or... Or whatever the modern equivalent, but I think he uh, and I think he tweeted something, some you know fairly dismissive remark about that uh, about that 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 veiled threat. Yeah, well, I don't know. I saw his mum respond to that, and um, also Jordan Peterson. They, they were both particularly scared of the threat. A bit, that a bit he alarmed. Was mm. So yeah, an interesting guy. He's got lots of little feathers in his cap. Lots of different yeah. things going. And on. you said one of those feathers might have been Amber Heard. I remember a few years ago, I think she attended Splendour in the Grass up in Byron. I don't know, it might have been 2018, thereabouts. She was his girlfriend then. I'm not a reader of, of Who magazine or any of those those things. I just can't be bothered, really. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. He's got, it's, you know, the time. It's like there's nearly a superhero in our generation mm. that, that we're watching mm. and you really wonder how he does manage to juggle these things and there's actually a really good interview with um joe rogan where from a few years ago the one where he, he they lit up a scoob and and uh and 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 joe i think they were drinking whiskey as well he had his fine bottle of whiskey on the mm. table and 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 i think it did cause a few worries amongst shareholders and stuff investors with with elon musk seeing him, him smoking a fatty with joe rogan after a sort of two and a half hour marathon interview and sort of glazing over a bit and then sort of saying i don't smoke this very often and hmm um but but you know one of the things that was discussed in a sort of serious way in that interview and it's an interesting interview check it out is how on earth you know how on earth he can juggle all these things how he can actually you know, have all these businesses. How? Where does he find the time in the day to do these things? I think he said you wouldn't want to be me. Yeah. At one point. Yep. And yeah. That he can't. He sort of talked about how he can't switch it off. That that his his brain is just on all the time. Mm-hmm. He said he has to. He doesn't sleep very much. He has to take sleeping pills. He finds it hard just to slow down and to relax. And I think you know. I think he, he's even talked about you know when he was getting. Tesla, they were solving their. They had to sort out these production problems they had. You know, making making the cars, making the Model Three, I think in particular, because that was the one they were making in higher volume than previous models. And he was sleeping on the factory floor, and he said, "I couldn't ask for what I was asking from my staff, employees in the factory, uh, to do what they were doing without me setting a, an example and being, you know, being part of this." These, the hard yards that everyone was doing to get through that period. I think, I think he spent about three years doing that. And, and part of the difficulty was the, the shorts that were taken out on him at that time. Mm. That he re- and, and so Bill Gates would have been a part of that, mm. betting against him. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, he, he's, you can understand why it's quite scathing. Of yeah, doesn't Bill like Gates. it. Doesn't like it one bit. Mm. Anyway, look, I think that we've we've canvassed quite a bit about uh, Bill Gates. It'd be interesting to see when and if he does complete the purchase of Twitter and then what he does with that platform. Very interesting from a free speech point of view, also from a political point of view, what will happen if Trump decides to get back on board that platform, which clearly was a very beneficial and powerful uh, tool to communicate with his supporter base while he was president before he got kicked off. Yeah, I think it was a, a slippery slope when, when he got kicked off. I saw another transgender woman. She she got kicked off for saying that men can't get pregnant, and I thought that was a bit rough to be just kicked off for saying that. But um, that's Twitter for you. You're going to have to put up with a few uncomfortable statements. 
Well, as you said, there's the shadow banning, this, uh, this weird sort of censorship. No one even admits where it comes from. Is it automated? Is it driven by an algorithm? Is it a secretive group of sensors who, who work in the background somehow? Who knows? But very interesting times we live in on many, many levels. I hope you enjoyed that chat we had about Elon Musk. If you want to catch up on that, I will be posting it to my program website, which is beyondinfinity.com.au in the next few days or so, when I've managed to edit out all the little bloopers and ums and ahs and so on that uh, you had the pleasure of listening through through live radio. They will be cleaned from the final uh, podcast. So uh, keep an eye on that website, beyondinfinity.com.au. There's lots of stuff there. There's over 800 podcasts that have been done either from home during COVID in lockdown or through the radio station or a combination of both. Uh, a lot of it on the science and technology front, but also some more, uh, quite a bit on COVID as well, the medical response and the isolation and lockdowns and stuff we all went through in Melbourne over the last couple of years. So some interesting stuff. And then also re- regular COVID updates that uh, we've been doing, and even one on uh, including monkeypox and the seasonal winter flu that a lot of people are suffering from at the moment. I've been recording those with Brendan Telfer, who's the station manager here and presents a program called Peninsula Talks on Wednesdays. So I'll be here to chat with you.